0: Algar Productions. Algar Productions.
1: Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Justice League podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 189 Chaos at the Earth's Core and To Another Shore.
0: Hi, pals. It's uh, week two of the final season of Justice League Unlimited. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. And,
2: uh, hmm. We got a couple of episodes that I did not remember at all. No, these fell directly out of my head if I've ever seen them before. It, it, to the extent
0: that there was a, a big uh, uh, plot twist, a big villain reveal in the first one, that I was like,
2: Oh, that villain is in this one? Oh, Okay. <laughs> We're doing this, too? <laughs> oh, this episode's okay. busy. Yeah. I, not not
0: overly busy, I would say, but like I just I was not expecting that particular character to show mm-hmm. up, and it was like, huh, all right, I sh- probably should have remembered that, but I didn't. I feel like I should have remembered this, but you know, nope. It's it's character we've talked about mm-hmm. er, extensively. I do like that character too. Yeah, I I have in this particular appearance, there wasn't much to it.
2: No, there wasn't enough. <laughs> also, they put Silver Banshee in, and she has nothing to do. Yeah, who? I you just know like evil black canary. I just picture her being like hey, I'm um I'm also here. Do you, you guys want to see my like my, my scream power or whatever? No, we're fine. Thanks. Sorry. No, we got we got one like that already and she's more interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Are you sure? You, you go hang out with this other one.
2: S- silver Banshee over here. Who I got all the powers of a banshee and all the powers of silver.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Her Really?
0: Silver Banshee, the anvil of the uh, region of doom. (laughs) Is she funny or something? (laughs) All right. Why don't you tell us what happens at chaos at the Earth's core, which I've said this already, but boy, that sounds like a brave and the bold title.
2: (laughs) Great fucking title. It just it just needs an exclamation point. Yep. That's it. Gamera. Gamera. Gamera is really neat. He is fill, full of turtle meat. Supergirl, Gamera. Spam, and spam, also spam, uh, spam. Spar- Stargirl and Stripe and Green Lantern are all also there. And Stargirl has a big chip on her shoulder because Supergirl is just so cool and so popular. And everyone just loves her. And that bitch just got a new blue costume. And having a blue costume and being blonde is my thing, Pat. WTF? Anyway, none of this matters because the javelin flies over the North Pole and accidentally falls into a big hole. Time for some chaos at the Earth's core. It's, it's, it's basically the Savage Land, you know. Jungle, dinosaurs, white dudes in torn pants acting out Tarzan power fantasies slash colonialism fantasies, what have you. And because it's the Savage Land, the plane's got to crash. The team is quickly attacked by dinosaurs. Supergirl discovers her powers are gone. Stargirl gloats because, oh my god, did you see her running around in that stupid little skirt like an idiot, Pat? OMG, it was so funny. Lol. Ooh, god, that shit's giving me a headache. Is that what teen girls are like? I never got to be one. Anyway, the team is saved by Travis Morgan, a.k.a. Warlord, the aforementioned white guy in torn pants, and his team of people who are probably really popular in his comic, but I never read that shit, so I don't know. Travis and his people are battling the evil wizard Demos and his army of snake guys and orcs, because of course they are. I've seen Army of Darkness. I know how this works. Uh, anyway, they need the JLU to help them. Demos learns about the Justice Leaguers and consults with his new friends, M- Metallo and Silver Banshee. And once again, I have to ask if Metallo has ever owned a non-ripped shirt. Like, just asking, like, did the Legion of Doom send him down here with half a shirt? Does he like it? Warlord's here, so clearly there's an appeal to wearing no shirt. Anyway, back at the village, Travis reveals that the village worships a giant piece of kryptonite, which is why Supergirl has no powers. Why isn't she dead? Dude, I I, I, I don't know. Dinosaur magic. Anyway, Demos and his army attack. Everyone fights a whole bunch. I get to see some dinosaurs with lasers on their backs, reminding me of the old show Dino Riders, clearly the high point of this episode. And Travis defeats Demos by hucking his ass off of a cliff like so much Disney villain back on the surface. Supergirl's powers return and she and, S- and Star Girl bond. But like watch your ass next time you bitch. You're such a fucking two-faced tramp. Oh my god. Did you th- did you think I was serious about be- about liking you? I just wrote Supergirl is a whore all over the Justice League bathroom because you're totally a whore. JK, love you slut. <laughs> <laughs> and just think
0: when we started this podcast that would have been an extremely bad taste for you to do all that. Mhm. <laughs> uh, um Point of clarification, I don't know if you picked up on this, mm. uh, the reason Supergirl had no powers is because they could not see the sun. The sun was basically the Earth's core. Oh,
2: there. I must have missed that. Okay.
0: <clears throat> Which is why the kryptonite only like lightly weakened her instead of completely murdering her, because mm. like I guess the sun also makes her weak to That part didn't make sense to me. Yeah, but, no. But if it dials down all the Superman aspects, then I guess the kryptonite weakness is less. Ch- sure.
2: Dino- dinosaur. Guess.
0: It's dinosaur magic. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. You would think I would hate this. Mm-hmm. I did. I I didn't hate it. In fact, this is my good thing. hmm I didn't hate the setting. I don't hate fantasy stuff. I just get bogged down in the lore. Like, I don't need a long, tedious, like, story about where, what house this person's from and what son of which daughter of... Mm-hmm. like. Ugh. Like, there's very little lore here. You get a He-Man guy show up and do some Conan shit, mm-hmm. and then there's some dinosaurs. It's all extremely pulpy. Like, it, it all works together, unlike Apocalypse, which just feels like a jumbled mess to me. It all just, like, no, this is a circa 1910 pulp novel. Mm-hmm. I completely understand what's happening here. Yep. And it it's fun. Like, I don't want a whole series about this. I wouldn't want more than one episode down here. I wouldn't sure. want this guy to join the Justice League, but...
2: <laughs> hey, we're getting more wanna... Warlord.
0: Oh. Uh, good. We're, we're good. Yeah. You go over there with Silver Banshee in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's fun, and it's a good way to spend, like, 22 minutes, and I enjoyed it, so... Yeah. You know.
2: <clears throat> I um, did not. Okay. I mean, look, this is a perfectly cromulent episode of uh, uh, Justice League.
0: Okay, hang on, hang on. Cromulent?
2: Yes, it's is Cromulent.
0: See, cause cause Conan. Cause Conan. Uh huh. Alright, sorry, go ahead.
2: All right. Uh I mean this is my bad thing. You 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 can get me with a fantasy episode of a show, but you gotta work damn hard for it, and this episode did not get that done. Like, mm-hmm. I know that this is all based off of the old Warlord comic by Mike Grell, and I hope that Warlord fans really enjoyed it. I've certainly gotten enough of my favorite obscure characters to have episodes about, not Blue Devil, but uh mm-hmm. I just I, I feel like Travis is a really boring Conan Tarzan riff and Demos is a boring you know, actually Demos is just boring. He's just a mm-hmm. wizard. Yeah. Like the coolest thing in this episode is that girl that turns into a panther, and she's only in one second of this episode. This mm-hmm. t- this this fantasy is too generic. Also, it's basically the Savage Land, and I can barely tolerate the Savage Land when it has X-Men running around in it. So basically
0: your bad thing is my good thing. Mm-hmm. I like how simple it is and that I don't need to know a bunch of bullshit. You're like, this needs more stuff. So mm-hmm. like, I get it. Needs more stuff in it. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, There's the very Savage little Land. meat in these gym mats.
0: <laughs> the Savage Land once had uh, Decepticons in it. Does that, uh...
2: that actually does help a little bit.
0: Uh, that's actually why the Dinobots are dinosaurs. Cause they crashed in the Savage Land and they're like, Oh, I guess this is what we need to look like. Okay. That's actually kind of cool. Mm. hmm
2: that's, That's a pretty a, good riff on uh, we're in a Marvel comic, and also we need to, a reason for these robots to be dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, but then when they reprinted them, they're like, oh, Marvel doesn't own this anymore. We have to do some other. like." It's like Spider-Man shows up at 1.2, and they just have to. These panels are blank for some reason. Mm-hmm. Who knows why?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's real weird that this generic uh, man in a uh, uh, costume with no webbing on it whatsoever just swung in on a rope. Mm-hmm.
0: It's definitely a rope too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the only that's my only awareness of the Savage Land. Is my point is like because yeah. you know my whole thing. Um, but you know, it's it's the very earliest pulp roots of superhero stuff. Is that old like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs and all that shit? So like it's you know it's nice to see them giving a nod to their roots. But uh, then again, they also kind
2: of did that with the very first episode with the War of the World stuff. So that's I, true. I don't know. And uh, I much more enjoy a War of the Worlds thing than a uh, Tarzan thing. Look, I, I,
0: you know me. I will take Alien Invasion over over like fantasy stuff 10 times out of 10. Oh, yeah. But like, I, I kind of I like this okay. Hey. Also, the focus, like, all of that to me was incidental because the focus was pretty much on the Justice League characters. Like, mm. w- That's one of the reasons I didn't hate this was we didn't get caught up in the drama of these characters we'd never really seen and will never see again. It was largely about like Supergirl and um Courtney Courtney <laughs> that's not a very good commando name <laughs> <laughs> So we talked about
2: this before we started. these are apparently Star and Stripe. Okay yeah so uh, these characters were pretty I, I want to say pretty new when this episode premiered okay. and the original okay. r- the original comic it was a real old Jeff Johns uh, comic called Star and Stripe and so, like the guy in the robot armor is uh, is Stripe, and he was the original Stripey, the spa- Star Spangled Kid from the uh, oh okay. the nineteen forties. Mm-hmm. And I keep calling her Star Girl in my summary, but actually, when this was coming out, she was the new Star uh, Spangled Kid. Ah, in here, I think she's just Star, but I
0: think they say their names once each, and because they don't really read as superhero names, because like Star and Stripe are just mm-hmm. words. Yes, like they don't register his names to me, so I didn't really get it.
2: But, mm-hmm. It's kind of like Hawk and Dove, only somehow worse, and mm-hmm. this is me saying that? It is very much like Hawk and Dove.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, But that said, I love her as a character. Mm-hmm. I love that he's her stepdad, and as you captured so perfectly in your summary, the <laughs> dynamic is always, ugh, Pat, why aren't you on my side? You're my stepdad. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like reading a comic book. <laughs> It's like, I don't know. I brought you along on Justice League stuff. You're only 16. Like I'm you
2: I'm like, honestly just glad that we're having this time to bond together because yeah. uh
0: Yeah. There's here's a thing we have in common that your mother isn't part of. It's mm-hmm. just me and you. Like, yep. ugh, shut up, Pat. And I mean that was a lot of what the comic was about, which uh oh. pretty good. I wasn't sure if they'd invented that for this or not, but uh either way, it's still very good. Mm. Um and my bad thing, so I did genuinely like the conflict between Supergirl and Courtney. Courtney. Um, like, how many superhero shows or movies or whatever would actually focus on not one teen girl, but two of them and make mm-hmm. the central character conflict these two teen girls? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all the fucking man children who are into the MCU would be, oh, they've ruined it. Like, but here it's just like, no. These are two characters from the Justice League. Let's bounce them off each other. Yeah. Oh, they happen to be teen
2: girls. Fine. It's it's a neat dynamic, especially since every time we see Kara, she's like hanging out with like dudes in their like late 20s, early 30s. Like that's just what the Justice League's made up of, you know?
0: Well, it's also, uh, Tilo watched a bit of this one with me and she said, it's cool because Supergirl's always overshadowed by like Superman. Yeah. So it's cool to. Back out a level and see someone else feeling overshadowed by her.
2: Yeah, it's a good dynamic. I would have loved to have seen like one more episode with these two. Together. I would have
0: loved if, if that had just been a recurring thing. Every now and then they're on a team together or almost on a team mm-hmm. together and they're like, ugh, her again. Um, but I that's all good stuff. The bad stuff for me is we kind of lose Courtney about halfway through the episode. Yeah, it becomes the Supergirl show, which is okay, you know. It's a big kryptonite thing, and it's one of her cousin's main villains. I understand all that. Mm-hmm. But when Courtney shows up at the end to help Supergirl, it's like, oh, oh, right, that whole thing that we put a pin in and just forgot about.
2: Yeah. And I don't know. I just wish she'd been a part of the story the whole time. I, I mean, mean, that feels like the, the crux of the episode, honestly. Like, all the rest yeah. of it like I'm not his background. Yeah, exactly. I don't care about that. And like the the focus should be on these two, honestly. We should have had like yeah. a bit where they're like stuck together doing something, you know? Yep, absolutely. Um they have to get a what? thing up a mountain or whatever.
0: Mhm. Uh sorry, I was just looking up who uh played uh, uh Courtney because you had mentioned in your in your notes that she sounded a lot like uh Sarah Michelle Geller and I don't know if you notice this but uh, she played buffy in all the stuff they couldn't get Sarah Michelle Gellar for
2: that's where i know her from okay
0: bunch of bunch of video games and the uh brief uh animated series they tried to make
2: yes my uh, my, my brother had one of the buffy video games so i played it a bunch and mm-hmm. it definitely had that uh we could, we have sarah michelle gellar at home feel to it i i see i i think she's I, I played that game, too, on the PS2. Yeah. I enjoyed
0: it. Like, I felt like they couldn't get her, but she still embodied the character pretty
2: she well, She, de- like, look, she does a great job. I can understand why I thought it was her, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's got a very similar vocal quality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this character's a bit different, but, you know, no, nah, it was, it was I, yeah. I liked her. Miss um, Sarah Michelle Galar. <laughs> Buffy's own Sarah Michelle Galar. Ooh. Girly mags hope i don't turn into saint cloud someday
2: <laughs> uh-oh uh what was your good thing uh gamera <laughs> fucking this episode opens up with gamera
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: like fucking gamera shows up also uh Just a giant as a,
0: kaiju turtle sorry yeah go
2: ahead. and also as a tip of the hat to jimmy olsen turning into a giant turtle man he had jimmy olsen hair
0: yeah they put a little tuft of red hair on top
2: and It was fucking love- great <laughs>
0: I love the way they defeat him, which is they lure him to an aircraft carrier offshore and shrink him back down to a, the size of a, a regular turtle. I don't know if he was a regular turtle that got mutated or if it if he's naturally a kaiju that they then
2: shrunk. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's a fun way to stop if he, them. If he's a shrunk kaiju, I hope Supergirl keeps him in a tank forever. Or uh, gives him to uh, uh,
0: her cousin to keep in the Fortress of Solitude with all the other fucking weirdos.
2: Yeah, that would also be fine. Belongs in that zoo. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll take a weird turtle. Why not? Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy. Yeah. He no, was, fucking, that was fun. He does the rocket fly. That's great.
0: Yeah, he tucks his limbs and head in, and then out of the holes comes, like, rocket propulsion.
2: Yeah. Fucking wonderful. Yep.
0: That's really neat.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, this also this episode also has a su- uh, like a Superman type character fighting fighting a guy without a, without powers, and then mm-hmm. she has a sword that fucking rules. I love that shit.
0: No, it's it's very much a riff on that like hereafter, which is like you know I've said before my favorite one, mm-hmm. but it's different enough because the situation's different enough and Supergirl's different enough that you're not just copying it. It's like now what is Supergirl like without her powers? And, yeah. That's why Courtney comes around on her. It's like, oh, shit. No, she's actually good. Because mm-hmm. she was ready to like, I can't remember what exactly it was, but like she was ready to die to stop Metallo, basically. Yeah. And and then Courtney is like, well, shit, you're actually are a hero. Okay. I all right. I fine. <clears throat> um, the, I the, liked all this. Okay. Oh, uh,
2: the, just the bit where there's exposition happening and in the background, you see Courtney try or Kara uh, uh, trying to lift boulders is what, so it's funny,
0: funny to me. It's when they first disembarked and she's like, I think my powers are wrong. So she's testing it out. And yeah. it's nice. They didn't waste screen time on that. It's just happening while other stuff is happening. I just love a quiet eh, eh, in yep. the background. No, it's very good. Um, uh, Back to the, to the gamma sequence. First of all, I love a cold open that has nothing to do with anything. That's, yep. that's my favorite thing in a, in a superhero thing. Cause there's so many things from the comics that do not deserve an episode. They deserve a minute and, mm. you know, like, that's what Shocker's for. We've said that a hundred
2: yeah. times. Mal and I were t- literally talking about this last night, like a fucking rhino opening.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Like, like a conversation the- you and I have had a million times. Yeah.
0: Any of the Sinister Six guys who aren't, like, uh, Doc Ock or um, uh, uh, Norman. Mm-hmm. Norman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, they're, they're in Japan, just, just to bring the kaiju thing home, in case you weren't... Oh, yeah. And... um. There's a bunch of Japanese fangirls dressed as Supergirl, like rushing to get her autograph. And uh, Courtney's like, ugh, they're dressed like her. And then Green Lantern goes, yeah, they're probably here for the convention. And then they pan over to the convention center. Yep. Where Fucking they're celebrating Supergirl.
2: Supergirl. Oh, it's I love and, it.
0: And it feels like, I mean, look, I don't know, but from the outside looking in, it feels like Japanese youth culture would embrace Supergirl. More than Superman, absolutely. Oh yeah, That just feels right. That yeah. f- felt exactly right. And uh, 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 Courtney says, uh, "Yeah, but what? What about my stepdad? He's a Mecca." And the Japanese girl goes, Ugh, "Mecca's so, so last year," and like yeah. gives her a cartoon kick in the shin. This is so fucking funny. Oh my god, <laughs> very good. Just boot. Hmm. All right. Uh, what else? Uh let's see. Oh, the, the, the thing, I know this was Conan and Tarzan and all that stuff, but it kept feeling like cave dwellers to me.
2: Oh, yeah, de- they definitely had cave dwellers de- vibes. Oh, that
0: and a couple of other uh, mid-range MST fantasy, like swords and sandals.
2: Anytime, uh, anytime Hercules was there. Yeah, 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 there you go. Hercules, like, Hercula. Uh, oh, what, what was his name? Uh, fucking Miles O'Keefe.
0: <laughs> How much Keefe is in this movie? <laughs> Anything else?
2: Uh, I think that's it.
0: Very well. Well, then I suppose we should move forward to the next episode, which is called Another Shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will just do that presently. Well, let me just click this here. Ah, okay. Here we go. Hang on. Chaos to the Earth's core is followed by to another shore. Are these titles suddenly playing by Batman 66 rules? Mm. I also looked this up and apparently they aired on the same night. So, like, was that was that intentional? It feels Uh, like it. The the vibe is not dissimilar between the two of these. That's true. So Diana is preparing to attend a world conference on climate change on behalf of Themyscira, because who would be a better diplomat than Diana? No, that wasn't rhetorical. I honestly can't tell if she'd be a good diplomat or not, because I still know almost nothing about this character. She does at least take the correct position on the issue, which is a bit of an uphill battle at a gathering called Global Warming Myth or Hoax. (laughs) Meanwhile, oh, sorry. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom, Grodd launches into a long cybernetic ghosts of Christmas past from the future style (laughs) monologue about some ancient Viking warrior prince. We've come a long way from Grodd's first appearance when everyone was amazed that a gorilla could talk. Now they're all wishing he'd shut up. (laughs) The gist of the story is this. That warrior's corpse holds the secret to immortality. Which, Grodd, buddy, stop and think about that for a minute. <laughs> but he doesn't, and he s- instead sends a handful of his, bi- um, of his pretty good, of his available supervillains to steal the Viking's newly discovered boat, which just happens to be right next to the conference Diana's attending. In the, esu- in the ensuing inevitable action sequence, Diana is hit with a tiny poison trident, so she calls for backup. So Jean sends in some of the league's b- well, he sends in Green Arrow, uh, but he also goes along himself, mainly because Diana gave him shit about not going on any missions earlier. <laughs> then they stop the bad guys and Jean decides that he's never going back to the watchtower again for some reason, which is just as well, because I thought they didn't even have the watchtower anymore.
2: That was a surprise to me as well. It just we open on a shot of the watchtower. I'm like, wait, I thought you guys sold that.
0: No, in fact, Superman said at the end of the last season, yeah, we're dismantling that.
2: Apparently and they're then... dismantling it very slowly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then in the next, uh, like in the new season, they mention the Metro Tower a bunch. I just yeah. assumed they now have a, a an earthbound base in, mm-hmm. in Metropolis somewhere, but, but I,
2: I don't fucking know. No, we open on uh, Green Arrow fucking just chilling in the command center, looking at like 50 foot tall pictures of Black Canary.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about him again. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, okay. This is circumstantial. I'm, I'm taking this wrong. No, he's still a sexist creep throughout mm-hmm. this episode. Like, yep. And people, including
2: you, like this guy, huh? Yeah. He's a lot like The Flash. No, now I'm just like, why do I like this guy? And again, it's like comics. I like comics. Yeah. Like, and I like that, uh, the double date episode. Well, yeah. But also,
0: he and Black Canary kind of suck. Like, yeah, they kind of do. Kind of the point in that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so he shows up to help out uh, Wonder Woman, and one of the the, the F list villains she's fighting is Giganta. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, she tried. Um, I be, yep. And uh, pat to her giant back. She
2: she gave she gave it her best. You try. did you did your best, buddy. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's remember she's a gorilla turned into a human. So there's, that that there's is that true. Yeah, I I forget that sometimes. Like we're I, we're. My favorite thing scale. about
2: Giganta is that she is so bad at being giant. Mm-hmm. It's like they realized at some point early on, that it's like, well, it doesn't matter if she's bad at this. If she just trips over a bunch of shit, it'll still get the job done.
0: Yeah, stomping on something and tripping over it has the same effect on the ground. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> um, But yeah, they animate her. Like, I think she's trying to walk in heels. I can't remember now if she wears heels, but it looks like she's walking in heels mm-hmm. even if she isn't. <laughs> she might be barefoot now that I think of it, but... <laughs> Regardless, she she looks
2: like she's walking in heels because she just oh. I um love the idea that she was like, "Well, I'm going to be 50 feet tall today. Where's the most unwieldy shoe I can find?"
0: Mm-hmm. Now, if they were stilettos, I could say, "Okay, she's doing this for damage." Mm-hmm. No, and it's not fashion because she wears a fucking loincloth. Yep. Ugh. Anyway, um, no, when when uh uh Green Arrow comes in to help, uh, he turns to Giganta and said what happened? Did you break a nail? Like, fuck you. Yeah, that sucks. Just come on. And I was impressed because they're like, uh, uh, Giganta was there and Ice Manda was there. Like Mm -hmm. there was, it wasn't like there's one token girl. It's like, no, they remembered these teams have men and women on them. And let's, let's send some of both. Fucking
2: love Ice Manda, by the way.
0: (laughs) I do not remember her real name anymore.
2: It's uh, it's killer frost. No, it isn't. You're right. It's Ice Manda. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's, she's
0: gotta be what the, what well, I think I even put this in my notes. She's like the ninth or, or the 10th or 14th most deadly ice-based villain. Yep. Like she's way down there.
2: Third or fourth girl I'm trying to remember.
0: I don't know. It's there's like, a lot of doctors
2: mis- at the beginning. There's Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I'm trying to think of ones that have shown up only in the animated continuity. We've seen... Uh, Flash's guy with the parka, right? Captain Cold.
2: Yeah, we've definitely seen him at least once,
0: but he hasn't really been a guy. He's no. just been one of the like guys in the background at the Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that's two right there.
2: Yep. And didn't Superman have one? He does. I'm trying to remember who he, who it was. It's not Icicle. Icicle has shown no. up in this.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like there was one in the Superman Animated Series who had ice powers, but I do not remember now. Regardless, mm-hmm. Killer Frost is way the fuck down on the list. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then they uh, – oh, because I was looking over the DCAU wiki's um, summary to, like, remind – like, okay, did I hit all the points? Did yeah, I remember everyone's names? Episode? Like, sometimes when I write my summary, it's like I didn't catch that person's name, so it's nice to read someone else's encapsulation. Oh, right, okay.
2: Yeah, you got to um, be like, did they seriously just call this person Courtney for the entire episode? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, she's a Courtney. Oh, she, she, she absolutely
0: is. If you showed me a picture of her character, maybe played her voice and said, pick from these 10 names who mm-hmm. she is, I would pick Courtney.
2: Yeah, that's a Courtney. <laughs> yeah.
0: That, that is a, like, mid teenager in the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. like, petulant girl. <laughs> yep. That's Courtney, right? I knew a couple of Courtney's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure they've grown up to be completely level headed adults, but, uh, when they were teens, I bet mm-hmm. they weren't. Yep. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know. Oh, Nope. no, nope. it's gone. It <laughs> doesn't
2: matter. Yeah, it wasn't that.
0: <laughs> nope. Poof. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I liked, so I kind of, and this is kind of my bad thing. Like I, I glossed over the whole genre thing because I don't hate this
2: direction for him, but it it's feels like it's interesting.
0: It feels less like character development and more like the writers realizing he he's just a, like he's there to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. He's there to to be the voice on the radio, but they haven't given him like occasionally he'll show up and use his powers, but he hasn't been directly character involved in a long time. Mm. And. In this episode, the leap from I don't like it's okay, I'm fine. To I'm sad because of this Viking, <laughs> like that's a that's a big jump.
2: Well, like I, we've all been I, there, Al. I,
0: that's true. I called in sick Viking sadness. I don't know how many times at my last job.
2: <laughs> like I I, get, I can't come in today. I, oh, do you have the Viking sadness? Yeah, of course I do.
0: Yeah, you know every every ninety days for some reason, mm-hmm. I don't know. Whenever it me.
2: for me it's whenever it gets real dark.
0: Mm, that makes sense.
2: I remember the like, darkness of the Vikings and the, the and the fjords yeah, like,
0: and uh, like Scandinavia, like the the land of the uh, midnight sun, but mm-hmm. the other side of that when it's like night for 6
2: months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The taste of lutefisk in my mouth. Mhm. Ah, the man with the terrible smell. <laughs> my lutefisk.
0: Mhm. I knew you'd get that one. Mm-hmm. Um but like I get Jean's whole like more than Superman, more than Batman. His loneliness. He, there is nobody like him. Like, yeah. Yes, Superman also lost his planet, but everyone on Earth looks like him. Mm-hmm. Jean's got nobody like him. He's yeah, the only. And and uh, Cal eventually got his cousin. Like here's another person from Krypton that I can at least talk to and relate to. Like, well, Jean doesn't have any of that.
2: Well, and there's definitely also something to be said for the fact that like, okay, if I want to, like, if I want to go out and be with people, I have to look like something else. Like, yes. Hmm. I, Maggie, I forget. Is, he's,
0: is there something about this you find uh, relatable?
2: Yeah. I can't imagine what it could be. Mm. Um, They even do the thing where like his, this isn't like his real Martian form, right? Like, Yeah, he sort of split the difference and he's
0: like, okay, I'm still green and my forehead's still a little weird, but I'm going more humanoid just to make you guys more comfortable.
2: Yeah, but like, guess what? That sucks. Yes.
0: Like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to to make you talk about anything, but like uh, (laughs) it sure seems similar to a situation that a lot of people deal with.
2: Yeah, I can't imagine what you could be talking
0: about. I have to present a certain way because the way I really am disturbs some people.
2: Yeah, a lot of people get uncomfortable because of that. Weird. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, it's,
0: I like all that about him. I Mm -hmm. really do. And I like contrasting him against Batman who lost his family. That sucks. But this is worse. And against Superman who lost his planet. But it's still worse. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, he's, he's different enough from those guys that it's a new thing. But it hasn't come up in a long time. And suddenly he's had enough. It's like, I wish this had happened in the background a little more instead of Wonder Woman just saying, you need to get out more. And then him saying, okay, I'll get out forever. I
2: guess I should get out more. Mm hmm.
0: And I don't even mind that he's gone. Like, first of all this is a 13 episode season and slight spoilers he'll show up in the finale mm-hmm. we're already on number four so he's not gone for very long mm.
2: it, this um, would absolutely be a good like a good thing to have set up earlier in the season and like yeah. you know have him bail a little later in the season maybe like yeah, play up that st- like that yeah, separation from of it.
0: It. yeah yeah exactly um there is a bit where she confronts him uh and she says, you don't even like humanity. And he goes, I don't dislike them. <laughs>
2: Which is very, very good. I know that feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Look, none of us is real happy about humanity these days. No. <laughs> uh.
2: <laughs> if Wonder Woman said to me, you don't even like humanity, I'd be like, yeah, have you looked around? This place sucks. Mm-hmm. See above, I mean- like Jesus Christ
0: a lot of humans don't like humanity and now imagine being on the outside looking in
2: i could have i could have bailed on this and just stayed on mars that was a cool planet just just gone full uh, dr. manhattan with it and just sat in
0: the pink dust for the rest of my
2: mm-hmm. life i tire of this planet and its stupid stupid people
0: just a shot of him in a desolate like just in the in in the emptiest waste going This is fine.
2: (laughs) I think I'll make a dirt man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What was your bad thing? Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) The the fucking quote uh, at one point in this episode where someone goes, no one's even proven the existence of of global warming, and then no Mm -hmm. one ever will. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact that we're still talking about this 20 years later. What the fuck? I was about to say, we'll
0: be talking about it in a hundred years. But no, we are. won't. We'll be, we'll be dead because mm-hmm. of global climate change.
2: Yep. Hooray. All of this will be underwater. But also, Dwayne McAfee wrote fire. this one.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, underwater and on fire at the same time. Mm-hmm. Look, Wonder Woman deflects a couple of harpoons underwater with her bracelets in this episode. Yep. Which made did not make a lick of sense in terms of, of uh, physics to me, but whatever. <laughs> um... No, I, I was going to say, um, Dwayne McDuffie wrote this episode. Yeah. And I cannot imagine, like, this wasn't his idea. It just feels like him. He's a number of times brought up sort of serious real world concerns. Oh, yeah. In this children's cartoon. Like, like, good job. Talking about this at the height of the Bush era, where I'm not saying shows didn't talk about it, but mm-hmm. I'm saying kids' shows weren't falling over each other to, to have a discussion about climate change. Well, unless know? they
2: were like you know Captain Planet or something, you know, well,
0: right? No, instead making wonder. First of all, making Themyscira and Atlantis actual nations that have diplomats representing them and and like uh, seats at the UN and all mm-hmm. that is such a cool thing. Like it I love is. that. It makes them more real, unless like. These are places that exist when the story wants them to. Yeah. No. This is a world where these places have to live side by side with with everybody
2: else. No, and I love the idea of like Thanoscara sending Diana of all people to like UN meetings or whatever.
0: Well, she's already out there in the world of man. Nobody nobody else ever leaves. Mm-hmm. So it makes the most sense to use her. Um But um yeah, just the fact that Uh, This is such a natural setting for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, oh, she's a diplomat, of course. Well, here's a way to bring that up that it doesn't feel like uh, uh, hitting you over the head with it like Captain Planet. Yeah. Good job. And it tied in nicely to we've just discovered this ancient boat
2: that was frozen in ice because guess what? The ice is melting. Mm -hmm. Ice is melting and we found an old boat. Mm -hmm. An old boat with a a boat with an immortal dead guy on it. (laughs) Yep. Mm. We sure he's immortal?
0: I mean I I do like the okay, they first of all, they did explain that. It is funny yes. to point that out, but they did explain that. Look, he was cursed with uh he can't die in just about every conventional way you can think of. And I mm-hmm. think he finally like it, it was that cursed immortality thing where he's like, I just want to die, and I guess he found found a way. Mm-hmm. Um but I like the idea of because uh DC was like, hey. Marvel doesn't own the uh, the Scandinavian pantheon. We can have Odin too. Oh yeah, and so that's who did it. And I love the idea of so this came from a god or in this world, I okay, a magical being. Let's say maybe not yeah. an actual god, but what I I don't know how it all works here, but it doesn't matter. The point is, I don't think it's science, but the plan is to get this thing back and for Lex to reverse engineer the science of this magic mm-hmm. and. I genuinely love that. I'm not making fun of it. I think it's great that they're like, well, yeah, it's magic, but also we can still figure out how it works.
2: Yeah, we can use our science on it.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing I didn't point out in my summary, Lex is as much a team player as we have ever seen him be. hmm He's fallen in line as, as much as we're ever going to see with Grodd and um, using his genius to upgrade everybody's various powers and yes. such. Which is a cool use of Lex.
2: Yeah, you get a new uh like there's new armor for I keep calling him Black Manta. He's devilfish in this.
0: Uh no, Devil Ray. Devil Ray. Devil Ray at least sounds cooler. Like he's, he doesn't have fish in his name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Devil Fish. I right. know why you want to call him that, because there's a thing called a devilfish. Yeah. Um Apparently there was an aqua embargo on at the time. Like there wasn't just a ban on Batman characters. It was also Batman, a, a ban on uh, Aquaman characters.
2: Really? Because like, yes, there's, n- there was no Aquaman shit happening at that point. I will tell you that for nothing. Yeah. I don't
0: remember. And I'm sure somebody out there knows. And if you want to tell us by all means do, it, Um, the- but, but there was. And so this is great. This is Dwayne McDuffie's direct quote about mm-hmm. devil Ray. Uh, they wanted to use Black Manta, and they couldn't. So uh, he, uh, Dwayne McDuffie came up with this character, who he described as hastily concocted, but not nearly as cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Dwayne McDuffie's great. He knows, mm-hmm. like, because
0: we're thinking the same thing. What, did they, they toss this off in an afternoon? He's not nearly as cool. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's actually, this episode was meant to have Aquaman in it, which... Honestly, makes a lot more sense. Aquaman oh, yeah. Being, being the one to say, hey, climate change and melting ice caps directly affects me first, you assholes. Stop
2: doing that, idiots. Yeah. And they do give
0: Wonder Woman, like, she does say that. She's like, mm. that's why Atlantis has already withdrawn from this, and Themiscare's next. Yeah. But they couldn't actually use the character, so it, like, it was going to be that's about so him. And
2: they... The only thing I can think, this was the height of fucking... Internet, Sean Baby, making fun of Aquaman shit, you know? No, 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 no.
0: I I mean, there was something with Entourage saying there was an Aquaman movie.
2: Oh, that's I right.
0: Uh, I don't remember. My memory is straight. My memory is so, also so bad anyway. <laughs> so.
2: Maggie, I'm so tired.
0: I mean, I forgot a point I was making earlier th- in 30 seconds into that point. So, you know. <laughs> But I remember doing that because if it's something I did that I can beat myself up over, I'll never forget that shit. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, oh, so I had kind of a fun Kids Love Justice League moment. Uh, King Faraday was in this episode, which we did not, um, we did not really get into, but, uh, he's, continues to be the government liaison. And I, uh, we'll get into that in a minute because I know you have some thoughts about him. Um. Yeah, but Wonder Woman comes in uh, and finds him sulking on the patio and chewing gum because he can't smoke, which to me, this is this is the softest of softballs in Kids Love Justice League, but I felt like it needed to be included because that seemed like a direct comment on standards and practices. Like, this character smokes. He should be smoking. Ugh, fine. He's chewing gum.
2: I mean, this is my good thing. I did not expect that I was going to like King Faraday, but um, he's really fun in this episode. Um. Some real good quips, uh, to the point where my wife was watching this with me and she's like, God, he's quippy. I'm like, Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> um, he also really sort of plays up the uh, the Steve Trevor of it all. Like, it really feels like they were trying to get Steve Trevor, but they didn't have the rights or something, so they're just like, Yeah, use this guy, I guess.
0: Well, what I liked was I would have been okay if there had been romance vibes there, but mm-hmm. I liked it better that there weren't. Yeah, like that. First of all, I like that there is a competent government slash cop official, like working side. Like it's not like, ugh, I have to clean up after this guy or he doesn't trust us or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, we're here to help each other. Let's yeah. stop this together. And there was never a moment of like, I don't trust you, I don't like you, super types. He's like, no, you're Wonder Woman, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's great. I oh, you got some poison in you. I'm gonna yank this thing out. Do you want to bite on a bullet or whatever? She's mm-hmm. like, just just pull it out. I'm just, just, just yank it out. But their their chemistry was great, and I kind of like it that there was no romance mm-hmm. and it was just no. She just found someone cool and competent to work with, and that was it. Yeah, it was nice, and yeah, he was fun.
2: Also, he uh, he calls his team Gold Brick and Yahoos at one point. That's great. <laughs> Well, that's apparently a Nick Fury line. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which I did not realize.
2: Yeah, I had to look that up. Once I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a thing he used to say or whatever. All right. Yeah, that sounds right. But uh, Um, if we can't, I I, I like this guy. And if we can't have uh, Diana hooking up with that princess that she was clearly dating, then, you know. Yes. this This is a perfectly acceptable second choice. Yeah, but again there was no
0: romantic sparks. Mm-hmm. It was just like, he's just a guy and yeah. they, they, they f- might've flirted a tiny bit, but it wasn't, I think I was just responding to the way most stories work. It's like if a man and a woman appear on screen and they have, they quip back and forth and they seem to like each other. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now, now they're going to hook up. I don't know. Right. They didn't. Yeah. Um, speaking of like funny moments and quips and whatever, there is the moment where green arrow uh zip lines in humming his
2: theme song while the score is playing his theme song um i have the note here that that is the best thing green arrow has ever done the thing is i that makes him like that contributes to
0: making him less likable i loved the moment too to be clear mm. i it was fantastic but also ugh <laughs> of course he has just enough meta-awareness to say, look how great I am!
2: Da-da-da! <laughs> like, da, da, green yeah. arrow! Uh, He's got s- an arrow! It's uh-huh. green. Yep. Ugh. I wrote um, these lyrics on the plane ride over.
0: No kidding. Didn't
2: have a lot of time.
0: That said, he does have a moment where... Uh, Diana's like, yeah, I got to talk some sense into these people about uh, climate change, and uh, he's like, yes, good, I agree with you, and mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, lefty, good, at least that's something. Old lefty. Hmm. Um. My good thing. Yep. Uh, uh. Near the end, Jean grabs uh Icemanda, uh, and points her at the um the building where the the uh, the summit's happening, and says. You're going to use your ice powers to stop that building from falling into the sea Mm -hmm. or the two of us are going to be killed when the thing falls into the sea on us. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the idea of making a villain use their powers to do something heroic. Like, I can't recall if we've ever seen that in all of these shows before. If we have, it hasn't come up very often. Mm -hmm. And it's a fun way to say, you've got useful powers in this case. Guess what? You work for me now. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I like that.
2: Oh yeah, what if I don't? Well, then we'll both uh, die, probably. I'm d- I'm depressed right now. You really don't want to push me. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I had a sort of a hey, it's that guy.
0: Um, so Mr. Terrific, who is some I don't know, some guy sitting at a computer up yep. at the watchtower. I don't it's know.
2: He's got a tea on his face.
0: Yeah, that's how you can tell. Mm-hmm. If there's him and Mr. Regular, you can tell which one's Mr. Terrific from the T.
2: Yep. Uh, And
0: Devil Ray are both voiced by a guy called Michael Beach. I feel uh, like I know that name. I don't. The DCAU wiki says he's best known as Abe Ellis in Stargate Atlantis, which just seems like an unnecessarily cruel thing to say. (laughs) You're best known for Stargate. Oh,
2: am I not even Stargate?
0: A spinoff
2: of Stargate,
0: (laughs) especially when you look up his filmography. It is extensive. This dude Mm -hmm. is like you might know him. He's been in tons and tons of things. Let me see here. Mostly, I just looked him up because I liked his voice, and I hadn't heard it before, and was like, "Oh good. They didn't just give this to phil Lamar. they like they cast another black dude mm-hmm. And uh, he has a good voice, and I didn't immediately catch that Mr. Terrific and Devil Ray were the same guy either. Like, yeah. so he's got a bit of range. like he's good job." But yeah, he's been in eight million things.
2: He plays Black Manta's father in the in uh the the uh, the Aquaman movie.
0: Yeah, but that's at this point that's stunt casting. I guess that's this. true,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: all right. Anything else? I think oh. that's oh, go ahead. Sorry. I had one other thing. Um, I don't know if you caught on to this, but this episode, the look of it had a very decidedly Venture Brothers vibe. It definitely had that vibe to it, yeah. The King Faraday's uh, uh, troops, like his other agent guys, had jetpacks that looked exactly like the ones that the monarch henchmen mm-hmm. have. And then all the blue beetle-looking frogmen working for the Legion looked just like your stock standard Venture Brothers henchmen Yeah, guys. it's
2: a very uh, 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 Guild of calamitous
0: intent-looking guys. Yeah, like, it's just the look of it. And by this point, we're 2005, 2006, something like that, Venture Brothers had at least a season, if not two, mm-hmm. so... They might have been like, oh, I like what they're doing over there. Let's let's put a little of that in here. Yeah. Like the uh, the long story about the Viking was illustrated to look like old uh, Joe Hubert stuff, which was
2: cool. Yeah, I picked up on that. Too. It also had a real Prince Valiant vibe to it. Yep. In that it was one of those strips
0: when you get the Sunday comics where you're like, well, that's very pretty and I'm not going to read it. Mm-hmm.
2: That so didn't even get a that's very pretty from me back then. It was just like, God, there's a lot of words here.
0: I <laughs> this didn't is mind Calvin that. Calvin Hobbes. Well, yeah. Calvin Hobbs had a lot of words sometimes.
2: It did, but like also it was good.
0: That's true. Prince Valiant might have been good, it just wasn't our thing. Yeah, like, man,
2: I'll never know. <laughs> yeah.
0: But the art you have to concede now at least was was quite nice. Oh yeah. Just that the, as a kid, I can appreciate it. Didn't really appeal to you.
2: We, you, when I worked at the comic store, we had a guy who came in every like six months or so, and he always got the new Prince Valiant trade. And I was always like, "So you're the one? You're the guy who reads it, huh? <laughs> you're keeping this alive. Just, huh? just keeping this whole strip. This strip's been coming out for as long as I've been alive, and you just keep no keep buying that. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Longer than maybe your, your father and possibly your grandfather. Oh, yeah, it's one of those old, old ones. Yep, yep.
2: I mean, it's no Gasoline Alley, but what is? Mm, well, Gasoline Alley is? I mean, yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. I've been thinking about Gasoline Alley a lot lately.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's come up more than once in my life recently, and the last time was probably because of you, too. <laughs> yeah? I'm, uh... Currently reading the uh, book that uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was based on, which is wildly different. That's
2: that book is insane.
0: He is a comic strip character. They're all comic strip characters, yeah, and not uh, animated characters. And so that gives it a very different flavor. So a lot of these references are,
2: are in that book. They do um, the weird thing where you- like their words actually appear as like speech bubbles that come out of their heads or something, right? Yep. Yeah, I read and- that, but it was like God, twenty something years ago now. Yeah, and the the audiobook like
0: the description mentions that a lot, but mm-hmm. because the audiobook still gives each character a different voice, I sometimes forget it. And then he's like, and his balloon came out like this. Oh, right. The balloons. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying that. Well, good. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, that's all for this time. Mm-hmm. Next time we will be doing flash and substance, which I think is the famous, uh, Oh, flash actually doesn't suck. episode. Yes. Uh, and Dead Reckoning, and I'm not sure which one that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one either. Uh, and I think, uh, if he's still available, Bob's going to be joining us for that Oh, one. excellent. So
2: all
0: our all our regulars making their final appearances, and uh, that'll be his, I think. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, we are still doing our Patreon episodes. We're reviewing uh, Brave and the Bold. Now, because there were more episodes than we have time, we've decided to just sort of choose the last few. Like, each of us chose our our, our top, like, mm-hmm. four that we wanted to get to. So we're we're covering ones that we definitely know we like or at least have a lot to say
2: about. So, yeah. Uh,
0: those are fun. And that's available through our Patreon, patreon.com slash
2: Algar. Yep, for $1 uh, a month. I, well, or more if least. you want.
0: I currently uh, do not have regular employment and am very, very broke. So
2: maybe if you wanted to get more than a buck, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, please. Maybe. Uh yeah,
0: um, a little bit. Typically, typically that doesn't go in my pocket. But right now I'm real
2: broke. Yeah, um, help Al out. He's a nice guy. Looking for work. One of my favorite there. guys.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. You're one of my favorite girls. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, um, but yeah, we are done with this show in another month and a half. So yeah. if you have got anything you want to say to us, your time is running out. Mm-hmm. So please write to us, Kids Love Podcast at Gmail. We would appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala.
1: For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2023, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.